When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we're talking about how to construct the perfect deck, or something like that. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about what to do now that we have Lorcana with our friend Heath from Be Our Guest Lorcana. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, make sure to go back and listen to it. It was a great episode. And today we are going to talk along the same lines. How do we build the perfect deck even though we don't have all the cards? And disclaimer, if you're new to listening to us, James and I are still relatively newcomers to TCGs. So take what we say with a grain of salt. This is just from our experience as new card game players. So what you're saying is put air quotes around perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James, you've been to a lot of organized play events like I've lost track. Yeah, you also don't have all the cards in the game yet. I don't think so. So tell us what your deck building strategy is. Well, uh, you are correct. I am still three cards short of a complete set and uh, a whole bunch of cards short of a play set. So I am having to kind of just build the best thing I can. Um, like, I didn't even have uh, the 8-drop Elsa, the one that, you know, the biggest one. Uh, I didn't even have that until uh, last night <laughs> when I opened up Draws some packs. Yeah, I managed right. to get one out of some packs. So... Uh, what I did initially uh, for after the first uh, weekend of events is I basically just took because I had gotten like three steel sapphire decks over the course of the weekend. Um, I just kind of mashed those together with what I thought was uh, a good combination. And along with some of the cards I had pulled out of packs, I was able to put in a few other, uh, you know, upgraded cards. And I was running uh, a steel ramp deck that. I was hoping would at least do okay. And I think it did a slightly less than okay. Um, it was it was really good when everything uh landed perfectly, but it did uh what it did what the the Steel Sapphire starter deck did, uh, which is ramp into almost nothing. Uh either I couldn't get there fast enough before someone beat me, or I just didn't draw the right cards to be able to do something. So after that, uh, based on all the things I managed to pull over the next week or so, uh, 
I was able to build a version of steel amber. Um, I was lucky enough to, I think, I think I got two Rapunzels in the first couple of weeks, which that's was really the one long. card I'm missing is Rapunzel. You don't even have that for your set. So I have pretty much four of everything except for I'm missing 14 cards total, but I have zero Rapunzel's. Wow. Right. That's crazy. Anyway, um, sorry to mean to sidetrack your oh, story. It's, no, it's all right. Um, so I built a version of that and I had uh, Eric uh, from the gamer uh, since uh, we've been playing at some of the events together. Uh, he helped me to kind of put it together uh, after one of the events and, and kind of, and he also let me borrow a couple of cards like a big tink and, um, and all that. So uh, it was a good deck and I was able to uh, play fairly well with it. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, optimized, I guess is, is the word. It wasn't like, it wasn't really good. So like, are you net decking or are you building a deck and then tweaking it uh, based on how you perform in tournaments? I uh, Actually a little bit of both. Um, so the, initially I built the steel amber based on what I had and what we thought would work for what I did have, since I didn't have four stitches, stitch rock stars, and I didn't have, uh, four, um, you know, whatever else you need for, uh, a steel amber deck to really work. I didn't have four grab your sword. I didn't have four Rapunzel's. I didn't have, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was putting together like three of this and two of that and just trying to make it work. Um, and, and building the best thing I could based on what I had. And that lasted about a, a week or so. It's hard to believe that the, you know, the game's only been out for like three weeks and there's so much That's has true. happened since. <laughs> um, but the, uh, PPG event happened in, I think it was in Denver last weekend where, uh, the, the top, uh, the top deck of that particular event ended up being a steel amber deck. And when I looked at the version that they were playing, uh, I realized that I was actually really close to that deck. I was about 10 or 11 cards different than what they had been playing. And I'm like, well, I mean, I must've been on the right track. I just didn't have all the cards. You know, I didn't have enough aerial singers and um, they don't even use Rapunzel, uh, which I'm not going to uh, leave Rapunzel out. I think, I think, because I've pulled the Rapunzel's, I think I need to actually use her in the deck and make it work. I will. Uh, so um, I'm going to build a version of that based on what I had already started and just kind of uh, alter a few things. Like I had some uh, Maximus bodyguards, the uh, the five drop one in my deck, and I had some Moanas. So I dropped those out in, in favor of... Um, I finally got more Stitch Rock Stars. I put in more one drops to account for having more Stitch Rock Star uh, to make use of that. And so that was the deck that I took last night to uh, play at the local tournament. And uh, I did okay. <laughs> What's okay? Well, the first game I won 2-0 for the first round. So that was awesome. And I, and I won against a, uh, it was a uh, Ruby sapphire ramp deck that had plenty of options to control all of my small uh one and two drops and i did get wiped out a couple of times with be prepared but 
because the way the steel amber deck works, you can just keep redoing what you're doing. If you if you can get a whole new world out enough or whatever's happening, you can actually do that. And I just was able to just like claw my way through up to a win each time. You know, it was a, each one was a close game. I think it was they were like within uh, like one or two turns from w- winning right after I won. So they were close games. And then the second round, I lost 0-2 because I went up against the uh, the big deck, the the Ruby yeah, Amethyst deck. And um, that one, I, I just could not get the right cards out at the right time. And I kept, again, getting wiped by all of the removal. And uh, it just wouldn't work at any specific time for me to be able to get the right stuff at the right time. But I did, I, I mean, I, I thought I did pretty well. It's just, you know, it didn't work out with the card draw. And I and I think it's because also I, again, didn't have quite everything in the deck that's needed. And then the third match was a essentially a mirror match with someone playing Steel Amber as well, but with a slightly different build. And um, that one, uh, our, we played into the second game because it was, you know, a 50-minute best of three. The first game took almost 45 minutes. Us. Yeah, it was a battle because we were just putting stuff out and demolishing it on each other's side and controlling everything and aggro. I mean, it was like everything at once, removal, draw, everything was happening in this game. You having to think through every single move because you know that at any second your opponent would be able to put out like four or five cards in one turn if they got the right draw. And I was actually down to, I think it was about 11 cards in my deck when I won. And because we both had a whole new world. So we were both played that a few times, like a couple times each. And so that was like lots of going through our deck. But uh, because time ran out and I had won the first game, then uh, based on the rules, I won the, the match. So I finished eighth, barely in the top eight to be able to win a prize. So that was nice. Um, and so I feel good about the deck. Uh, it's just not quite there. And I, I feel good that I started with what would end up being a similar deck, you know, that, that I had, obviously Eric helped me build it, but something that I was involved in building was something that actually was close to what won a major tournament in Denver last weekend. So I was pretty, I was pretty proud of that. Thank you. That's awesome. How many, were there quite a few people there? Uh, there was about at uh, at our local. It was like about twenty people. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, on the flip side, you haven't been able to do as much organized play as I have. Uh, but you have, like you mentioned, you're only fourteen cards short of a playset, so you have a, the a lot more availability of cards. So, how are you going about deck building? <clears throat> I've used this analogy before. When I was a kid, I took piano lessons. And I was never good at creating music. Like, I'm just not a creative person. But I was really good at reading music and playing the piano based off sheet music. So uh, this is my way of justifying the fact that I basically like to net deck. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take a deck and I'll play it. I mean, I've only been to one locals tournament. Still that that one because life and car issues um but when i play on pixel born i try to like make a mine i mean one of the things about building a deck yourself is you're very involved in the construction of it and you know 
exactly why you put different cards in and why the deck is built the way that it is. But when you net deck, you don't have that luxury. Um, so I just try to get like lots of reps in. So I'm like, okay, this is the optimal mulligan strategy. This is the optimal like first and second uh, turn plays. And yeah, having all the cards except for 14 definitely helps. But um, the ones that I'm missing, it's like I said, like four Rapunzel's, three Maleficent Monstrous Dragons, three Mickey Brave Little Taylors. So I'm only missing 14 cards, but it's like $500 worth of, yeah. of cardboard <laughs> if I want to get them all. So I was really hoping when uh, big box stores got their product that the price would dip a little bit. No, nope, it just went up. Rapunzel herself went from like she was like $35. I was hoping she'd drop into the 20s, but she's like pushing 60 now. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's basically this tied with Elsa for the most valuable card in the game. I think Mal Mal Dragon is up there too, right? Around 50. She she changes from day to day. There are days where she's that close, and then there are days where she's 35. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy how the all of the singles prices just keep just slightly inching up, not really falling at all, and how there's such limited availability. And then, you know, what are you going to do? You're just going to build what you can. And like you said, you play what you can as often as you can to get used to it. And that's the problem I'm having is even though I'm playing in these events, um, I haven't had a lot of time otherwise to play a lot. So I haven't gotten those reps in that I've been trying to, you know, to get used to it. Plus, I've changed my deck now like three or four times in three weeks. So I, I, I definitely need to just like get this deck set. And I opened up some pet more packs last night uh, and I pulled like two more big tinks and nice. another Rapunzel. And yeah, so I have four Rapunzels now. It's great. Come it's on, awesome. James. Well, I could listen, listen, Mr. 14 cards away. I'm still like two or 300 cards away at least right now. But, all right. Uh, all right. I'll give you that. But uh, it, it's just really nice that I'll be able to, I haven't even had time to actually refilter those cards into my deck and figure out how I'm going to change it. Uh, now that I have those few extra cards to, so I have to go in and change it again and then go and try and practice with it again when I don't have all that much time to do it until I'm playing in another event on Saturday. So it's just lots, lots going on. And and I'm basically just going to be playing this deck like, okay, what am I doing next? And learning as I go. So I feel like this is a good chance. In fact, this may as well be our Lorcon Alexicon moment here. Uh, what is the difference between a homebrew and a net deck? Well, uh, I mean, it, it's essentially what we were just talking about, which is making it up yourself is homebrew, where you're just pulling in on, from the knowledge of the cards or just picking the cards you want to play and the characters you want to play and making a deck that you think is going to work uh, or just that you want to play. That's homebrewing. And then net decking is where you just go to the Internet, copy a deck, make that deck and play it. I think the thing that's amazing about card games is that it does have that creative outlet for people who are good at making decks. Um, like I said, I when we first started playing on Pixelborn and Tabletop, I tried really hard to make some some of my own decks, mm -hmm. but uh, they weren't good. <laughs> and 
and then I'd go tweak them and then I'd win a game or two and then I'd lose like five or six and I don't know I just really doubt myself um so for me it's just like if I find a deck that performed well at a tournament and I mean I'm not saying I play it 100% the way that it's built a lot of times I will make slight modifications especially if I don't have the cards but uh I'm just I don't know I guess that's something I have to accept is that I'm not a good deck builder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm a good deck builder either. I mean, I think part of the reason why I got that Steel Amber so close is because I did have, because I I mean, we all have talked about and seen, you know, what the best cards in Steel and Amber are. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, the the key cards. And so it's, you know, half the deck is built before you start because you know what those key cards you need to put in are. And, uh, and that's kind of what's going to help is just paying attention to what, what everyone says are, are, or what you can see are the good cards. Like if you're playing in a, in some games, what is demolishing you? <laughs> what is, what is taking you out? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I played a game, uh, with, with my steel amber deck and I just, I think I lost like 20 to one against, uh, an emerald deck because they just got out Flynn and Cheshire and Mad Hatter and Cusco like almost all in a row. And I, there's nothing I could do about it. I didn't draw anything that could take care of them. And so if you wanted to then swap, swap around and you're like, you know what, that looks like it's fun to play. Go, go grab those cards and build an emerald steel or an emerald Ruby or whatever you want to build that, that fits your, the way you want to play, what kind of fun you want to have, what kind of characters you want to play. As our friend from last week would say, whatever gives you joy. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I mean, just, and how about how that does uh, translate into that? Like you may not enjoy building the decks at all. So go net deck, build, go find a deck that does what you want it to do. Like I want to play control. So go find, go start searching for control decks and, and build that. And, go from there. And then if you don't like the way it plays after a while, then you can start adjusting it to what you like uh, more. So like if you don't like how long the games take in a control game and you want to play faster games, then you're going to have to switch it up because control is going to take a while. Yeah, that's what I do when I uh, net deck a list as I make sure to play like five to ten games with the deck exactly as it is. So that way I have a general understanding of how the deck is supposed to work before I make any changes. Yeah. So I, I, I guess what the best thing to do, um, you know, for, for homebrew or net decking is just whatever you feel like is going to give you the most bang for your buck. Plus whatever cards you have, which let's talk about that limited resources. Uh, cards are hard to come by. You may not have everything like, like we don't have everything uh, or at least not quite close to everything. Um, what can we do to play and test these things and build these decks and learn what, what decks we like to play? What can we do if we don't have a lot of cards available to us? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we've talked about some of these already. Um, for me, one of the things that I like to do that I mentioned a lot is playing on Pixelborn. Um, it's just a really easy, simple way to be able to test your deck, see how it plays. And 
I mean, this service has just exploded. There are always people on there wanting to play. Like, when it first came out, sometimes you'd have to wait 20 minutes for a game. But now it's, like, almost instantaneous. Um, uh, This one is something else you can do. Uh, people did it a lot before um, the game was out. But it was just it's making proxies. Especially if you're just playing with your family or friends. Having proxies of these cards that cost... um, is a little more affordable. And the other recommendation I have is looking up like on Lurkania. This this is one thing that I tell Artem is I wish we could like have a filter. (laughs) But occasionally when you're looking at the decks on Lurkania, you'll see ones that say budget deck on them. And those ones are designed... um, with with cheaper cards in mind. Like you're not gonna see four Elsas and four Maleficent Dragons and four Mickey Brave Little Tailors in these budget decks. So if you are limited on resources, you can find one of these budget decks and and it potentially you'll probably have a lot of these cards already. Right. Uh, and like like I mentioned of of mashing some starter decks together. You can mash some starter decks together and create a budget deck just from what you've gotten out of two or three starter decks. Um well, yeah, and shout out to our last guest, Heath, because that's exactly what he was doing on his was on his channel was he took his starter deck and each week he's adding one pack to it. Um, that's the other thing that I was going to say too. watching YouTube videos. I mean, the guys on the Forbidden Mountain, they do a meta Monday breakdown every Monday where they go over like the top decks and the top inks and videos like Be Our Guest um, have examples of what you can do to build decks. And another option is for for uh, getting some cards if they're really difficult to find is actually go to one of your uh, local game stores during an event. Uh, there may be someone there who just wants to get rid of some of their bulk, uh, or is willing to sell a bunch of the uh, commons and uncommons cheap. Uh, I know that I actually carry my uh, a, a trove box. Uh, full of commons and uncommons in case anyone happens to show up who is like, I can't get cards. And I'll be like, well, hey, you know what? Here's this box, you know, pick out a bunch of stuff you want out of that. That's all my extras and build yourself a deck out of that or pick a bunch of cards that you think you might want to build a deck out of. And I don't care. I mean, it's it's all going to be extra stuff at, the, at some point. And it, it's better to get it into the hands of someone who wants to play than sitting in a box in the corner of, of my office or something. So that's another thing is there may be people at almost every local game store who just want to get rid of some bulk cards and you may be able to find something. Yeah. Well, and the other thing at your local game stores is um, people are always looking to trade as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a point like maybe you uh, want to build the amber steel deck and you have some good cards in sapphire you know maybe you give up that hades in exchange for a uh, rapunzel or stitch rockstar i mean some combination of things um but but that's an option too is is maybe just focusing on the colors of the decks that you want to build out and again that's where play testing comes in Okay, uh, so you've also had the opportunity to play in sealed events. So first of all, remind us what a sealed event is and what is your deck building strategy for a sealed event? 
So a sealed event is where the uh, local game store or whatever, whoever's running the event will give you a certain number of packs and they're fresh, unopened packs and you get to open them and build a deck right there for like half an hour and then play games and try and win. And I've been able to do that for two weeks. So I've done two events and I had a wildly different uh, uh, experiences building the decks. Uh, the first week I pulled some pretty good stuff and I, I had a good range of cards. So in the strategy of building is just like you would play normally in, in building an optimized deck is you find the cards to that'll allow you to play on curve as as much as possible. So you don't want to put like, you know, because it, it's you're supposed to put 40 cards in the deck from six packs. Uh, so you have 72 cards to build a 40 card deck. You don't want to put in all the big hits and put in a bunch of six and seven and eight cost cards because you may never get up there um, if you can't ink anything getting up to there or have or last long enough. So you want to build, you know, the ones, twos, threes, fours, all the way up, just like you would normally in a deck for the curve. Um, the three things that I read are really important in this game for sealed is evasives, removals, and what was the other one? Draw. Those are the three things that if you get any one of those things, almost every time one of those car those cards are going to go into your deck, and then you start building what's left around those. Uh, last on Monday night, I got lots of evasive. I got like six evasive cards, uh, which was awesome. I got you know the Peter Pan, the Tinkerbell, the Pongo, um, and uh, I think a couple others. Oh, the the eel. Oh. Whichever one is the eel that uh, that is evasive. Uh, and the, the issue I had this week is half of the cards I got. 36 of the cards I got were all one and two drops. So I had very limited choice in what I could build out the rest of the deck. I had like four to six of every other number card, essentially. So I had very limited choice. And um, so I had to put in like nine to 10 of each ones and two drops and just hope that I pulled them not too often enough, but often enough to use them as ink, but not often enough to where they like weren't the only thing I drew. Um, and I went, two and, I, I went two and two. I did oh, okay. Nice. And I showed the deck to to uh, Eric and uh, Ixia um, after the event. And uh, they were like, uh, you went two and two with that. Uh, you did really good. <laughs> <laughs> so... The sealed events are luck of the draw. I mean, it really is. It's like whatever those six packs have, you have to build it and hope that you can build a consistent deck. And then this is where playing the game a lot comes in because then you can get used to how the game flow goes and what your opponent is doing and how you can combat those things with what you do have. Uh, and so playing a lot of games, even if you're not pulling random stuff every time, but if you're like maybe building a, a two or three different decks and just playing with different decks so you can get used to playing differently uh, will be helpful if you're ever interested in going into sealed events. These are the first two sealed events I've ever done, and I had a good time, even though, you know, this week's wasn't quite so much fun. But um, I, I I just thought, I thought they were a lot of fun. It's awesome. That'd be fun to do one of these days. I did a couple of sealed events for My Hero Academia, but both events I went to, I didn't 
fully understand how the like the first time I didn't fully understand how the game was played. The second time I knew nothing about the set that was being released and it just wasn't fun because I had no strategy and I just got walloped both times. Yeah. But I I mean, I do kind of have to laugh. The one time that I went and played, uh, people would play cards and then they'd like read the card effect to me and explain what it does. I'm like, yeah, I know what Stitch does. <laughs> <laughs> So we know it's coming and it's late, but what do we make of the news that another wave of product is being in October, is going to be here in October, as well as the announcement of a full reprint of the first chapter coming in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, What do you make of all that information? Well, I think it's fantastic news. And for those who weren't following on Twitter, uh, Disney Lorcana made this announcement I don't know about you, James, but I know for me personally, I have people messaging me all the time on Twitter talking about how they're not able to get product and like just like there's a lot of anger towards those people that bought cases and cases of product and then they post pictures saying uh, Lorcon on hand will sell for $400 because there's a lot of people who this is their first TCG and They might be forever scarred thinking that this is how we'll always be. Like, I know people who are telling me they just want to give up on the game. Um, and it's it's discouraging. Like, I feel really lucky. I am very blessed that I was able to get product at Gen Con and some from my local game store. And then I've uh, made a lot of purchases <laughs> on TCG Player. So I do have the resources and I consider myself very lucky. But for those people who want to get in on set one, Um, having this reprint in quarter one, I think is huge news. And I kind of have to eat crow because I think it was just last episode or maybe two ago where I was like, oh, I heard that they're never going to reprint set one. Didn't Ryan say that? (laughs) You're like, no, I don't think so. Um, what do you, what do you make of all this, James? I am very happy. Also, uh, I want to get all the cards and right now it is, uh, financially prohibitive to collect the cards i am uh making use of every avenue i have available to try and get more cards and i am so thankful for multiple people who have gotten uh product for me um you know from uh someone uh a a friend from the comic-con blog up in uh you know going and happening to walk into a target uh on opening you know on on release day of on on the first and seeing them stocking it and picking up like yeah and and picking up enough stuff to where he was able to send me with a a gift set a trove and 12 loose packs which was essentially a booster box worth of stuff that's so cool at retail and he's like hey you know i'm here i'm gonna get some for me i'm gonna get some for you Uh, i don't want to take it all and so what you know is this okay and i'm like yeah anything's okay and so i was able to and that's the stuff i opened up last night and then you know someone else uh on discord messaged me uh a couple of weeks ago after the the local game store release and and they're like hey um i noticed i listened you know to the podcast and also i've seen you on discord say that you haven't been able to find anything and he's like well my local game store still has product available at, at retail do you want me to send you a box? 
And I was like, yes, of course. And thank you so much. So basically with the exception of like 12 packs I've or 15 packs I've been able to buy at uh, one local game shop and these 12 packs I've been able to get for the two sealed events so far at another and the starter decks, everything else has been at the generosity of other people finding stuff for me and sending it to me. And uh, that's incredible. That's heartwarming. And I'm going to play on the generosity of our audience. If anybody has Rapunzel's at a great deal, DM me. <laughs> Jared needs yeah. Rapunzel's. <laughs> just, just teasing, just teasing, sort of. Sort of, not really. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, so, I mean, the reprint coming is just such good news. And I, and I hope it's going to be sizable enough to make a dent in uh in all of this craziness of $400 booster boxes that are selling for almost triple retail now which is just insane that it's happening but it's it, i mean for we've been doing a podcast for almost you know for 9 months now about a game that hadn't been out yet and there's a bunch of people excited for it and now there's a bunch of people that are wanting to play it and it's what was going to happen when there's not enough product there's, you know, the supply is not meeting the demand in any way. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's unfortunate that so many people are indeed buying up massive quantities to sell, uh, to resell. Uh, you know, seeing people bragging that they bought like 200 boxes at Best Buy when that went on sale or spending $40,000 on on product to, to do the resale. And daily seeing people at Target who just happen to walk in when the vendor is stocking. And then as soon as they're done, they just take every single thing off the shelf and throw it in their cart and buy it, it all. Makes me sick. I mean, that behavior makes me sick. And you know, at this point, I'm going to do that because I want to play and I'll take that stuff and like I'll give it to other people. You know, I'll share it with the people I play with because, you know, for all the people who are like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to buy some of it and leave it for the next person." I honestly at this point in time, 90% of those other people that will make it in time to find that product you left are going to be reselling it yep. until the demand dies down. Most of the people spending their hours hunting for this product, like hardcore are the people who are reselling it. So yep. instead of you leaving it, buy it and take it to your, your event. If you can't afford it all, or if you don't want it all, sell it to someone else who you know is playing the game so they can have some product. I mean, it's, it's the only way it's going to stay. It's going to help alleviate that that reseller market is if people wanting to play the game can get the product find ways to get that product to the people who want to play that circumvents those people who are going to buy it and just resell it i made this um statement on twitter today and i don't know if it came across clearly like i'm not supporting or condoning people raising the the price three to four times above msrp but I just made the point. I can understand now why the local game stores raised their prices to the fair market value because the flippers are going to come in and do it anyway. And I'm never going to spend that kind of money on Lorcana product, but some people will. And I'd rather that money go to local game stores than somebody looking to flip a box. Again, I'm not condoning the behavior. It's it's understandable, but yeah, yeah, it's understandable why they're doing it. It's just not the, it's not the best course of action, really. 
um, fostering the the local play environment is the best course to get those people into your store and playing and becoming regular customers, which is the hope and, you know, have them come to you for stuff. The stores that tied it to their organized play program, I think those were probably the best handled. I mean, for those who can't participate in organized play, it stinks. But at least that way, you're guaranteeing that the cards are going to people that want to play. Right. Instead of sitting in someone's closet, hoping it's going to go up in value in 10 years. Right. So Or be going up on eBay for $400. <laughs> anyway, James, I have a question for you. For people like me who aren't able to participate in organized play as much as I would have hoped, because, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, but just things in my life have come up and changes are about to happen where I'm just not going to be able to go out to do organized play. What what do you think is the best way to stay connected to the game and to the community? Because I'll be honest, like, I've even had a hard time just getting myself up and going to visit the Discord, and I don't know if it's because... I'm like jealous or or what, but, <laughs> but, but what would you say in, in that context? I would, I would say that I am having a bit of that problem as well. Even though I have been able to go to events, the, the feel, the, the feeling of missing out on things because we don't have that whole communal experience that was happening while we were all waiting for the game. Now everybody's fractured into playing at their own local store or, uh, not having product versus having product or being super competitive or not super competitive, whatever it may be. There's, there's all these, these groups that have fractured. And I think, I don't know, one way to, I guess, to stay connected is to just play the game, play the game whenever you get a chance, uh, whatever, whichever way that is possible for you to play it. And uh, for you, I mean, you you spent so much time on Twitter uh, interacting with people and and talking to them and encouraging them. I think that, um, I don't know if you can force yourself to do that, but I would say continue doing that. You know, uh, I would say continue going to the things that were enjoyable for you while we were waiting for the game and just try and do some of those things to keep that feeling going while we wait for a product to become available or for the times to line up correctly for you to be able to go play more events um and and just you know try and play some games you know on online or you know whatever it may be that you're able to just get that little bit of a fix um that's all i can really think of i think you hit the nail on the head there and that wasn't something i considered before is the fact that before the game was released we all had like one common (laughs) purpose we were all rallying around for the release of this game. And now like that feeling is gone and people are still excited for Lorcana, But like you said, there are different aspects of it. And like my, my thing was, was that I always wanted to promote the game and to like encourage other people to talk about the game. But now there's so many different things. I'm just like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I like what you said. That's that's the moral of the story. Well, good. I'm glad I I got I'm glad I got through a little bit to to something that hopefully will help. (laughs) Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, it's been tough seeing, um, you know, just the 
the the threads of everything going in so many different directions and you know not having uh more of a cohesive thing as much um but so before uh we close out uh today's discussion um i wanted to give a quick shout out to lorcania and dreamborn uh lorcania.com and dreamborn.inc um because they have been just so great in collecting track collection tracking uh, being able to look at cards that I forgot what they said, uh, deck ideas, uh, so many decks on both of those that you can go and look at and find ideas and look up the different colors and like, hey, maybe I do want to go build a Sapphire Emerald deck and let's see what other people's ideas are for those things to, and maybe it'll work. Um, and, you know, you can build your own decks, you can share your decks. You can do what I do and try and come up with the worst names possible for your decks. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and just look up so many other decks. Uh, I will, I would like to share the, uh, the deck name uh, that I came up with for, oh the, for the uh, Sapphire Ruby deck that I built for Beth. Um, cause you know, she is not super competitive. She just wants to play her cards and hopefully be able to just like not have to, uh, challenge too much to, to win. She just wants to learn her lore and beat you to that 20. Um, so I built her a, an evasive ramp deck and, uh, I called it, where's the ding dong. Where's the ding dong. Where's the ding dong. All right, all right. Let's let's hear the the explanation for this name. Well, I mean, it's full of evasives. Can you ever find evasives? No. Where are they? So it's where <laughs> are right. That's awesome. And then bells in it. What what do bells do? They ring. They go ding dong sometimes. Oh, okay, okay. Doorbells. I got gotcha. you. Right? Where's the ding dong? It works. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. See, I was never a namer. Like even back when I played Pokemon. Like it surprised me when I found out that people actually give their Pokemon nicknames because I was always too lazy to do that and not creative enough. Again, I'm just not a creative person. So coming into this TCG world, I didn't realize how big of a thing naming your deck was going to be. I find that hilarious. It's it's fun it's fun for me because I love making up really, really awful things that I think are hilarious and no one else does. <laughs> I named my steel amber deck chicken dinner. <laughs> That's hilarious. You must have hey hey in there. No, it's because of the saying winner winner chicken dinner. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I want to win. <laughs> um before we move on from this point, another thing that I want to uh shout out for Lorcania and Dreamborn. Um like the 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 collection tracker and the deck builder and the app are fine, like the Lorcana app, but they are so much better on these websites. Obviously, I'm friends with Artem and have like a deep connection to Lorcania. So that's where I have my collection stored. But the thing that I love about Dreamborn is that you can build a deck or you can look at a deck that's built and it will tell you what percentage of your cards, like what the cards that you have, what percentage of that is in this deck that you're looking at? And it'll tell you which ones you're missing. And I think that that's just like a really slick feature. I keep telling Artem he needs to add it. I split my allegiances. And since I want to collect and play, 
my collection is on Lorcania, where I mark which ones I have for both the regulars and the foils, one of each. And then my playset is on Dreamborn. So I can see when I have, because there's a button for, you know, which ones am I still missing? So I can see those quickly if I'm missing them or not. So I'm tracking them on both websites. <laughs> it's awesome. You overachiever. I will say um, Dreamborn has a much better user interface too. It's just a really slick website. And I think that's because it's all it is, is it's a deck builder and a collection tracker. Yeah. Yeah, there's so anyway, much more they're, stuff on Lorcania. They're both amazing websites, and yeah. you should definitely use both of them. Okay, so time for we did the Lorcana lexicon. We did that as part of our whole discussion with homebrew versus net deck. Uh, so it's time to get to some news, and we actually have some news. Uh, the first one, uh, this is spoiler season, technically, I guess. And we had the set to uh, leak because a French store put up pre-orders for some product and we got a little bit of a teaser about what may be coming and some characters that are coming including there are going to be i think it's sleeves featuring and deck boxes featuring sisu from raya uh, and mulan and then playmats featuring winnie the pooh and the beast that's pretty cool did you ever think that we'd be getting leaks for set two this early? Like, I know we were kind of low-key hoping they might have something at Gen Con, but when they didn't, I, I, I'm i just surprised. Yeah, I actually am too. Uh, I think that this, I think they wanted the game to be out for like a month before they started really digging into what's coming next and just let this sit and and let people enjoy this for a short time instead of just getting right into what's coming next because i mean we need we need to sit and enjoy this we want to play this so let's let's work and i mean people were asking for like there are people who were like what's coming up next like immediately as soon as like later in the afternoon of august 18th they're like when are we getting some releases for set two and i'm like let's let's play the game for a full 24 hours first why don't we let's let's own it for 24 hours come on let's go <laughs> um so uh yeah, this is this seems a little soon, but of course it's a it was technically a leak because uh you know like I said a French site put it up as a pre order and they just named the things in the pre order listings. So and this is this is kind of what happens in almost everything related to things like this. You know, Toy Fair has leaks all the time for for movies because the toys have to be produced so far in advance. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like that. So you know something like this is going to happen a lot. Um, and we'll get some information soon. What do you think of the uh, characters? I, I'm I'm actually really happy with their choices. Well, here's the thing. Another one of my theories was shot down because I was like, I bet for the first four sets, since it's telling the same story, that we're just going to get characters from IPs that are already in the game. So you guys, if nothing else, today will show you that I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong. Um, <laughs> I think it's so cool. Like, I mean... I am really surprised we didn't get Winnie the Pooh in set one when we had Tigger, but I think that's, it's amazing. Like I can't wait to see Winnie the Pooh. I told my wife who, again, if you've listened, you know, she has no interest in playing Lorcana, but I was like, oh yeah, they released who they're going to have. Was this a playmat or a deck box? I told her it was a playmat. So I guess that's the story. And she's like, oh, I need that playmat. <laughs> it is a playmat. The Winnie the Pooh playmat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And then I also really like Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Um, I know that's a movie that a lot of people just kind of forget about, but it was an, an enjoyable movie, and I'm really excited to see the characters that they bring into it. Um, Mulan. I mean, I'm I'm happy with with everything here. And the beast, you know, it's the beast. You know, you got they, you always got to put in some of those big those big ones. You know the, you know the Beauty eight Elsa's, Mermaid, things like that. All of those, you're you're gonna get something from those almost. I'd say regularly. Maybe that should be a podcast episode. Is speculating on who will be in set two. Hey, we could do that. So I think it's fun with with Winnie the Pooh when everyone's like, "Why isn't there more Winnie the Pooh?" I think it was a a definite conscious decision on the part of the designers to only have Tigger from Winnie the Pooh be in that first set because Tigger is the only one. Okay, that could be. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that is literally the reason why and I hope we someday or someone does get to ask the question of Ryan and Steve and whoever else that decision was you know put to was yeah, we put Tigger in as the only Winnie the Pooh character because, you know, because he is the only one. I think that's why. But there were so many that were just like one ofs, like Robin Hood, Tigger, John Silver, John Silver. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> I feel like there's more than that. There anyway. But so that was the some of the big news. The other big news is when uh, big box store mass retail dropped. So did the website change, uh, including a store locator and a resources page that includes things like uh, rulings notes uh, for how certain cards play and interact uh, and a whole bunch of stuff that says coming soon. Uh, so if you want to go look at that resource page, there's a whole bunch of information that is either available now or coming soon that will help you if you have like decisions to make about uh, like how card interactions happen with like what happens first or does this card get to do this there it may be on there because there's a couple of pages of those already. And what oh. is the final thing, the final big news that we got this week? Um, well, I will say this. I'll preface it with this. Um, somebody shared a photo. They were at Walt Disney World. They were at, is it called Coronado Springs? Is there a hotel there? Well, you don't go to Disney World. But uh, somebody was there and they saw Ryan in the hallway or in the lobby area. And apparently they're like, hey, he was wearing his Lorcana shirt. And uh, he sat down. He had like a couple decks and he played with this family, like as a mom and dad. And they had like a five-year-old daughter. And there are these pictures where Ryan just being like playful with this family. It was really fun. But the news is, is that on the, they're doing a Disney cruise. And on this cruise, they're giving out free Lorcana decks to everybody who's on there. And uh, they have like, I think they even have specific times where you can go play Lorcana. But you also have the chance to play against Ryan. So if you're on this cruise, I would take up that opportunity to play one of the creators of the game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's like, Ryan, go take a vacation, but work. <laughs> well, and he was at Disneyland on the day that it released in big box stores, August 18th. Right. So he, I mean, I don't know, like, if this is the best job ever and he's getting paid to do this. 
or if like he's just going on a Disney vacation and he's incorporating Lorcana into it. Either way, it's really awesome. Yeah. And of course, the cruise is probably already booked and blah, blah, blah. And you got to be like a Disney vacation club member or something like that right. to, to yeah. do certain things. So there's restrictions and whatnot. But still, people are going to get to be on a cruise ship playing Lorcana for free because they're getting a free deck. And with the creator, one of the creators of the game, uh, that's pretty cool. That's very cool. All right. And then, and then I think there's so many people who are upset because they can't find any product. And now people are getting it just by going on the cruise. <laughs> and I, I, when I first saw the picture of the decks, I was like, wait a second. Are those going to be like the most expensive starter decks in history? because they're only going to be available to those people on the ship. But I looked closer, and it's just like this sleeve that they slid over a regular deck. There's nothing special about the deck except for that cardboard sleeve they slid over it. It's not like you know some mm -hmm. ex Disney exclusives where they make it just for Disney Vacation Club members, and it has some kind of exclusive uh, actual product. That's not the case. Don't <laughs> worry. You don't have to. People like me don't have to go hunting that thing down. Okay, it's time for trivia. All right. Okay, I am going to ask you some questions. You are going to get some of them right. <laughs> five for five. Here I come. I don't know about that. I picked a couple of hard ones, I think. We'll find out. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Got my thinking cap on. Okay, for 100, this is the color of Alice's dress in Disney's Alice in Wonderland. What is blue? Yes. For 200, this is what Peter accidentally leaves behind in Wendy's bedroom in Peter Pan. <laughs> okay, you're right. Oh my gosh, what does he leave behind? Like I can... What is his shadow? Yes. Oh my gosh. Nice pull, nice. All right. Now it's going to start getting a little bit more difficult, possibly. <laughs> that was pretty tough. This is who is Dumbo's true loyal friend. It's the mouse. Who is who is Timothy Q Mouse? Yes. Nice. Three for three. Look at that. All right. Now it's going to get tough. This is okay. This is what the three wishes are that the genie cannot grant in Aladdin. Can't bring somebody up. What is he can't bring somebody back from the dead. He can't make somebody fall in love. What is the third one? Like I can picture the scene in my mind. Uh, he can't kill somebody. Well done. Boom. Yes. Okay. I was picturing the scene where he was saying that and he like chopped his head off. Violent for Disney. Goodness. <laughs> All right. This one, this one might be tough. This is the first animal in Dumbo to receive a baby from the stork. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just going to be 100% <laughs> honest. Like, I so, can't even think of a guess. What is... So think of a circus animal. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking of, a circus animal. Um, what is... What is a lion? No. 
What is a tiger? What is a bear? Third one is right. It is Mrs. <laughs> bear. Yes. Five for five. <laughs> Just well done. No, that I, is good. I will take four or five. That That's yeah. a pretty good show. Okay. So let's wrap this up. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us here on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or the website formerly known as Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal. And you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for uh, myself and my wife for all our social medias and stuff. And thank you all for joining us. And we will see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.